Aphrodite by D.G. Rampton Chapter 4 Mrs. Delamere is here to see you, Miss April, announced the butler, entering the parlour where April was busy writing to her steward. A veiled figure pushed past him and entered the room, the stiff silk of her amethyst morning dress rustling against her resolute stride. That will do, Leighton, that will do, the woman informed him peremptorily. April put down her pen and with an inward sigh rose from her escritoire. Good afternoon, Grandmama. What a pleasant surprise. Mrs. Delamere lifted her veil and revealed an intelligent and still beautiful countenance, which was lined far less than one would have thought possible in a woman approaching her 70th year. She was dressed, as always, in the French style. The exuberant use of lace that she favoured might have appeared overly fussy on another woman, but on her tall, graceful frame, topped with an abundance of artfully pinned white hair, it looked both dashing and elegant. If I had known we were to expect you today, continued April, I would have asked Mrs Plum to prepare a hot posset for you. I have no idea who Mrs Plum might be, and I have no need of a posset from her or anyone else. She's both our cook and housekeeper while we are residing here, and a most capable woman, April replied undaunted. I hope the drive to London did not fatigue you. It is shockingly cold today. I did not make the journey from Richmond to exchange pleasantries with you, child, said Mrs. Delamere, eyeing her critically. I did not suppose it, replied April. No doubt you will appraise me of your reasons soon enough, when you are more comfortable. Come, let us go to the drawing room, and we can sit by the fire and warm ourselves. Her grandmother relented a little under this solicitude, and allowed herself to be led down the hall to the drawing room. While she was settling herself into a chair beside the flames in the marble hearth, April drew Leighton a little to the side and said, Please have the tea tray sent up, as well as the macaroons that were delivered yesterday from Gunther's, preferably the chocolate ones. They're her favourite. And if my mother and Lord Paisley should return from their outing, for goodness sake, don't show them in here. Mama is likely to swoon if she is forced to witness another altercation between her mother and her fiancé. You need not fear Lord Paisley's conduct, replied Leighton, in the forthright manner of an old retainer. It's not his conduct, I fear, she answered. Lord Paisley's manners are beyond reproach, but you know as well as I do, that would only set him at a disadvantage. He should be given a medal for the restraint he has shown so far in dealing with a belligerent woman he has been told is merely an old friend of the family. Leighton chuckled, perfectly cognizant of the hazards to be avoided. He had been present in the dining room at St. Moore's Castle several weeks ago when Mrs. Delamere had subjected Lord Paisley to a thorough interrogation and, apart from other gross impertinences, had demanded if he could afford to keep a wife whose expenditure exceeded 8000 a year. As Leighton shuffled out of the room to carry out his orders, April returned to her grandmother. Mrs. Delamere had taken off her gloves and was warming her slightly arthritic fingers in front of the fire. However, as soon as April took a seat opposite her, she once again put on the soft kid leather. She was not a woman to place herself at a disadvantage, even with family. I take it my daughter is not at home, she said, without the least attempt to cloak the statement as a question. April wondered, not for the first time, who out of their small household was pocketing her grandmother's bribes to spy on them. Mama and Lord Paisley left some time ago. I believe they plan to visit Kew Gardens. But perhaps your information is more accurate, she asked with amusement. 
I am here to talk about our plans to find you a husband, said Mrs. Delamere, ignoring the pointed remark. Is that silly daughter of mine still determined to marry her equally dim-witted fiancé? Neither Mamma nor Viscount Paisley are deserving of the names you have assigned them, April replied equably, accustomed to her grandmother's sharp tongue. Viscount Paisley? Ha! Nothing more than a courtesy title. He won't gain a proper title until he inherits the earldom from his father. That makes no difference to either of them, replied April, for they share a deep love that is not bound by such considerations. And they will be married. They will if I will it said her grandmother. If you would only allow me to find you a husband without insisting I pander to your mother's ridiculous infatuation, I wouldn't be in the position of having to accept a Paisley as a son-in-law. The Lord only knows why she chose to complicate matters by fixing on him of all people. She knows perfectly well I have plans for his net. She stopped abruptly, seeming to regret her words, then continued in a guarded manner, I don't even have the satisfaction of knowing she has set her sights on one day becoming a countess, for I know this one advantage of the match has never even entered her head. I had not realised your objection to Albert is that he is a Paisley, April said with surprise. I thought the family were considered perfectly respectable. Hmph, <laughs> Barnaby Paisley respectable, her grandmother snorted indelicately. That would be a day to see hell freeze over. But who is Barnaby Paisley? asked April, perplexed. The current Earl, of course. Oh, you mean Albert's father, the Earl of Wolfingston. But why should you... Oh. April bit her lip to stop a smile forming, then said, Don't tell me he was one of your protectors. As her grandmother had earned for herself the stellar reputation of being one of the greatest courtesans in Paris some fifty years previously, this question was not without merit. I wouldn't have accepted him if you were the last man alive. He may have been devastatingly handsome, but he was also a self-important reprobate. The stories I could tell you if I wished to soil your ears. I have no objection to you soiling my ears, April informed her, a twinkle in her eyes. I wouldn't demean myself, said her grandmother. April smiled and asked, But surely there can be no objection to Lord Wolfingston now? From what I hear, time has done little to improve his character. He's still a reprobate and a cantankerous old tyrant besides. I count myself fortunate I had the resolution to resist him. Oh dear, it sounds like you knew each other very well, said April. Is there a danger he may recognise you? After the passing of so many years? Highly unlikely. Although if he does, it will be all your mother's fault. You are being unreasonable, Grandmama. How could she have known your history? And besides, you can't hold Albert's father against him. How unjust the world would be if we were all held accountable for the actions of our family. If you mean to put me in my place by alluding to the fact that you disapprove of my past career, you need not veil your insults. I like a direct opponent. I hope I am never so conceited as to judge you in such a way, said April. I'm perfectly aware you did what had to be done in order to survive. You forget I enjoyed it. I was good at it. And I earned a lot of money out of it. Does that make your forbearance more difficult to sustain? I can only be happy that you managed to find enjoyment in a profession you were driven to by the improvidence of your parents, April returned with spirit. I was simply suggesting that just as my character cannot be judged on the actions of anyone in my family, so too Albert's cannot be judged on the actions of his. But you will be judged on my actions, child, should anyone ever discover my past.
Don't forget that, which is why the fewer people who know we're related, the better. I admit I don't understand why you believe you can continue to conceal our kinship, especially now that we're in London, said April. Surely your acquaintances will recognise Mama from when she lived with you in Dorset. After all the precautions we went to, I should hope they would do no such thing, declared Mrs. Delamere. She did not immediately continue, but when her granddaughter remained silent, an inquisitive look in her eyes, she smiled lightly and said, You want to know more, do you? Well, I suppose it can do no harm. End of chapter 4